Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode feels a bit like a confessional. Most people who know me know that as a young person, I was very tentative about having kids. And to be honest, tentative might be generous. For much of my adult life, I was fairly avoidant about the experience of having kids. And not because I didn't like kids, but because I had boatloads of fear around being a parent. I didn't I didn't have a lot of firsthand experience of of what good parenting looked like, and so I was pretty baffled as to what a good parent would do or what a parent does with a kid on a Saturday afternoon, for example. So I avoided the whole baby making thing. And when I ended up marrying a man who had four kids, I made it all feel very serendipitous. Like it worked out perfectly that I'd never had kids because can you even imagine adding more kids to the hubby's brood of of four, right? So we embraced the blended family life. And here's the thing, Joe has great kids. They're fun, they're kind-hearted, they're interesting, they listen well most of the time. (laughs) But in July, this last month, we had the three boys, ages 9, 10, and 14, all together for 30 days, all the time. And you guys, 30 days of full-time bonus parenting brought up all the things. There were so many opportunities for self-reflection and thought work. I had a front row seat to all of my unrealistic expectations of them and me, right? So I I just wanted to come on here and like share with you guys my experience, talk through what came up for me and just hope that maybe there's something in here for you all. And, and also, I want to hear from all of the step-parents, bonus parents out there, and, and I should pause here and say, I really prefer the term bonus mom or bonus dad over like stepmom or stepdad. And the old English orphan origins aside, I just like the connotations of having this idea of a bonus person, an additional person to love on and support kids versus the idea or meaning we have around step-parents, this idea of stepping in or stepping on that gets associated with that word. And I think the first time I heard the term bonus mom was from like Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. And I don't know if they coined the term, but I'm just taking a moment here to express gratitude for the term. I prefer bonus parents. So I'm going to use that a lot in here. But anyway, back to my point. I want to pull all of the bonus parents out there. Like, am I alone in this, in in this story I was telling myself? I, ca- I found over these, and this is a story I've told myself beyond the 30 days, but it was very pronounced during this 30 day time. I was telling myself that it's different being a step parent, right? It's different being a bonus parent, that kids will get mad at their bio parents, but that's different because they'll always love them. But as a step parent or as a bonus parent, we don't get the luxury of unconditional love like parents do. Now, I'm guessing all the bio parents out there are thinking, Lord, Lord, this woman is delusional. Uh, But this was all part of my thought work over the month. I realized it took me, I mean, it took me a long time to realize that, that this whole idea of it's harder to be a bonus parent, like it's just a thought. 
And it's just an optional thought. Like it's not actually a fact. It was just a choice that my brain was making. It wasn't a useful choice. It wasn't a useful thought, but it really took me a minute to remember that it was not a fact. I was just choosing to believe that somehow it was harder to be a bonus parent, that they weren't just they weren't going to love us as easily or we we were expected to do it better and more right all of the time um another unuseful thought that surfaced frequently was that you're not allowed to be emotional or perhaps more accurately you can only let them see the positive emotions like don't let them see you get upset don't let them see you get frustrated don't let them see your feelings get hurt but as any breathing human can imagine I totally missed the mark on that. <laughs> I would totally let them see me emotional and then I would beat myself up about it. I tried and I tried to pretend that they didn't notice when I was upset and when I put myself in timeout in my room, but I was completely busted out by the nine and 10 year old when they had a full on process session about um, my emotional moment. And the conversation went something like this. The kids were saying, is, is Jessica mad at us? And Joe's response, of course not. If she's mad, it's at me. And then the nine-year-old says, oh, I get it. Sometimes my mom has a bad day at work and then she comes home and my stepdad has done something wrong or he didn't do something he was supposed to do. So she goes to her room for a little while. And then the 10-year-old says, well, maybe she just had a bad meeting at work. <laughs> and you guys, when I first heard this, I felt terrible. And then I realized, Look, wait a minute, as a loving and guiding presence in their lives, it's completely acceptable, if not expected or encouraged, that we show healthy expression of emotions. We show them how to process emotions, how to allow emotions, and then we also show to them any associated coping strategies. Um, in the last uh, podcast episode that I did on the Being Human Survival Kit, I talked about relationships and, and that the primary thing that the, the primary three things that kind of cause problems in relationships are having instruction manuals for how people should act, including ourselves, being an emotional childhood, which means not taking responsibility for our own feelings and having poor boundaries. And so, of course, all of these things came up for me in a very uh, pronounced way over the 30 days. And then it occurred to me, like, unblocked parenting then means keeping our instruction manuals in check. Right. And I wish I could see you all because I want to see like a show of hands. Like how many have instruction manuals that sound like kids should pick up after themselves. They shouldn't go to bed with gum in their mouth after you've told them not to. Thank you very much. And then end up with gum stuck to their clothes and their sheets. Not that that's ever happened. Um, or that the manual sounds like kids should listen. Kids should be grateful for everything you do for them. Kids shouldn't be entitled. Anyone laughing yet? <laughs> and then what about the instruction manuals that we have for ourselves? Like we should be perfect parents. We shouldn't emote. We should always have the desire and energy to do activities with the kids. We should put their wants before our own. We should create lasting memories for them. We should give them everything we didn't have. But here's the thing. Keeping our instruction manuals in check also doesn't mean that we don't have expectations. So I want to kind of explain the difference between having a manual and having expectations. 
So we can absolutely have rules and expectations for kids, right? Like no fighting, no lying, no swearing, or, or you have chores, put your plate away after dinner, whatever it is. And the difference between having these healthy expectations and having an unhealthy manual is that with expectations, you, they're clearly defined. And then there's a consequence for not upholding the expectation. And all of that's clear to everyone ahead of time. So for example, if there's an expectation of no lying, if lying occurs, then the kid knows you're going to lose 30 minutes of screen time. There's an expectation and then there's a consequence. The difference is that we don't tether our emotions to it. With a manual, we want our kids or any other human in our life to follow a set of rules and adhere to a specific set of behaviors so that we can feel a certain way. And then related to that is the issue of emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood. We are in emotional childhood when we are blaming other people for how we feel or we're giving them the responsibility for it, right? Like, here's my emotional basket. I'm handing it to you. You're in charge. And and here's the thing, you guys. I like to consider myself like an emotional adult champ. I tend to take responsibility for my emotions. I tend to remember that my emotions are caused by my thoughts and not by another human or their behaviors, what they do and don't do. But all of that went out the window in these 30 days of reflection. Um, One night, I was genuinely sad. Like my feelings were genuinely hurt. And I felt like I was back in junior high being bullied by a 10 and 14 year old. I I was all up in my emotional childhood. They were saying mean things. And I was telling myself like, this hurts my feelings. And it, it literally took me probably, it was, I think it was genuinely like 24 hours. It took me 24 hours to realize what had even happened. And I think it actually hit me when I said out loud, like, I feel like I'm back in middle school. Like, I feel like I, I'm being bullied again. Like I felt like, so that's a really good, like if you find yourself saying, I feel like I'm back in middle school, it's probably a good sign that you're an emotional childhood, or at least it was for me. But in the process, of course, once I realized that, I was like, oh, wow, okay, keep myself in check. Like, they're just, honestly, if, here's the fun part about, like, learning the model, which I'll review in a minute with you guys if you don't remember the model I've talked about. But for them, they were probably, they were bantering, they were joking, they were teasing. That's kind of their love language. For all of you boy moms out there, you know that they tend to, they they showed love to each other by beating on each other and they tend to show love through sarcasm and play and teasing, right? So from their perspective, they probably thought like, oh, we're connecting with Jessica. We're making fun of her. We're teasing her. I was telling myself a totally different story, which was creating different feelings for me. And, and here's the thing, being a parent and being a bonus parent, it's a relationship and relationships are really just thoughts. And if that sounds far-fetched, stick with me for a minute. Um, For those who haven't heard previous episodes where I dove into the model a little bit, I'm going to do a quick review. So there are five components to a model. Everything that we experience in this world, there's the first line of the model is a, a circumstance or a situation that's happened out in the world. It is a neutral fact. It's something we can see. It's happened. We all agree upon it. So for example, if I use this example, they the fact, the circumstance, the situation, was the boys said, Jessica, you're a snitch. 
<laughs> like those are the words that came out of their mouth. If there was a camera in the room, everyone would have seen that, right? And the thought that I was having like, oh my God, they hate me. They think I'm a bad person, right? So then I'm feeling sad. And and from there, then we have certain actions. Those actions give us our revo- results, right? So the model is a situation, a circumstance happens. It's totally neutral. We have a thought about it. That thought is what creates the feeling. The feeling or the emotion is not created by the situation. It's created by our thoughts about it. And then our thoughts or feelings create, that's what generates our actions. Everything that we do or don't do, that gives us the results we create in our life. So what someone else does or what somebody else says, it goes in that first line, right? The things that they say and do, just factual circumstances, like I just explained, then I have a thought and that's what gives it all the meaning. Because probably like I was just saying, they're having a totally different thought about it, right? So they're having a totally different experience of the same exact circumstance. And so the quality of a relationship is based on the quality of our thoughts about what's happening, right? How we feel about someone is based on the thoughts that we're having about them because our thoughts are what create our feelings. And here's the thing, like the inverse is also true. Like while what they say and do goes in the first line of my model, what I do, what I say, how I act, that goes in the first line of their model. So I'm just this neutral situation or circumstance in their model and how they feel about me, whether or not they like me, that is based on their thoughts about me. I can't control how they feel about me. So when I was contorting myself into a dang pretzel, trying to do all kinds of things to make them happy, I was way off track. And I found myself getting caught up in that. I was like, oh my gosh, they want this. I'm going to run to the store and get specifically the ingredients for the special thing that they wanted for dinner and spend all the time making it from scratch. And then when they're like, meh, I don't even like this, (laughs) right? Then I can... I can make all of that mean something, right? Or not, or I can make it mean whatever I want it to mean. So it can be very easy to get caught up on this and forget it, which is why coaching is so important. And actually during this 30 days, I actually had a light bulb moment in a coaching session with a client. And I was coaching a woman who uh, she was having these feelings about, she was feeling hesitant about making some changes in her life because she was worried about how her kids would feel or how how they would respond. And I, I heard myself saying, hey, you have to remember that you are just a neutral circumstance in their model. And I was like, hello, mirror moment. What another person says or does goes in that first line, the situation or circumstance line of my model. I get to decide what I think about their behavior and the same applies in parenting. Our actions and words go in the circumstance situation line of our kids model. We're neutral, they decide what they make it mean. And so here's what it all boiled down to for me is that unblocked parenting is about allowing imperfection on the part of the kids and the parents. It also means parenting for me, it was, I got to this, I remember like I needed to parent from a clean space. For me, that was unblocked parenting. And if you're thinking like, what the heck is clean mental space? Let me explain. So 
clean mental space is is free of clutter, right? It's removing all of the stories, all of the thoughts that we're making. It's not allowing unconscious programming in the background to get in the way, but rather we're being really intentional, right? I know what I'm thinking. I know my reasons. I know what I'm doing and I like those reasons, right? And so how it lands is outside of my control, Right. But if I like my reasons for what I'm doing, how somebody else responds to that, how they experience that, that I can remind myself that's them, that's on them. Right. They get to decide how they respond, but I get to decide that I like my reasons for what I'm doing. I can be intentional and be on purpose. And for me, unblocked parenting looks like missing the mark because we're human. So generally speaking, we're all going to be good parents, whether bio bonus or otherwise, we're all going to be good parents about 50% of the time. So unblocked parenting means it's equal parts nailing it and falling on your face, right? And it's also what I, what came up for me was that this idea of that it's just about embracing the memories, have fun, do things together, love first and love big. That's what, that's what came up for me when I was working through all of the things that were revealed to me, that this is sort of the idea of unblocked parenting. Allow it all, love big, love first, allow yourself to be seen, make an effort to see the other person and remember the model. So this episode is dedicated to all the parents, all the bonus parents out there doing the dang thing day in and day out. I feel like Katniss in the Hunger Games, like three fingers raised. I see you. I stand with you. And I cannot wait to hear from all of the parents out there. I want to know your triumphs. I want to know your tribulations. And if this whole parenting thing or bonus parenting or step parenting thing has you scratching your head or feeling stuck or overwhelmed, or you just want to take your parenting game to the next level, reach out to me. You can find me at jessicasmarrow.com. And as you heard in this episode, I am certainly no parenting expert, but I can help you manage your mind so that you can show up from a clean mental space and parent the way that you want to parent. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.